Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 347, and I had a conversation with Jeremy Lang. Jeremy is a material scientist, environmental consultant, and the founder and vice president of sustainability of PILA. Uh, PILA is working to eliminate billions of pounds of waste from the global waste stream. Seeing plastic litter on a beach inspired Jeremy to create the world's first compostable plant-based phone case. PILA recently created Lomi, a smart waste appliance to help solve the food waste and plastic problem. He's also helping future generations care about and solve the world's waste problem. Check out Hey Human Podcast for links, Hey Human merch, and to learn more about my guests and the show, check out susanruth.com to learn about me and my other artistic endeavors. I'm making a film currently called The First that I wrote and am directing, so I can't wait to tell you more about that. Please follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media all the places. Uh, Find my albums on Apple Music or wherever you get your music. My most recent album is called All I Ever Wanted Was Everything. Although soon that won't be my most recent album because working on new music, which is very exciting. Uh, Speaking of new music, a band called Road Chicks out of Austria have released their new single, Everywhere You Go, that I'm a writer on, and in fact, they put three of my songs on their new upcoming record that releases in May, so that's pretty cool. You can check that out on SusanRuth.com on my discography to see different people who have cut songs I've written. Cut meaning, um, for those of you that don't know, it means uh, that they put a song I wrote on their record. Also, please check out my relationships and sex show, Are We There Yet?, with sexologist and healthcare practitioner Mara Edelman. It's on YouTube. Uh, Are We There Yet? podcast show is how you find that. That's a a fun, informative show. We have giveaways. There's all sorts of uh, cool things going on there. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Human is an ad-free show, so donations help keep it going. Find the Contribute button on heyhumanpodcast.com as well. All right, thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Be well, be kind, take care of each other, be love, and don't litter. Here we go. Jeremy Lang, welcome to Hey Human. Hey, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's good to see you. Yes, you too. Where are you hailing from presently? I am hailing from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, on the Canadian prairies in Western Canada. No one would ever have known you were Canadian. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Your accent. So it's, Already, hey? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, yeah you there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the A. That's always yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah. Uh, did, did you grow up there? I did. Yeah. Yes. Grew up on the prairies here and uh, yeah, started the company here and uh our head office is in western in uh canada in british columbia but we chose to stay here so okay yeah. i know bc well i went to college in bellingham oh wow so right my next sister door. was married in the bellingham uh, ferry terminal there or the terminal really yeah beautiful many many it. years ago it's a beautiful spot 
Yeah, I really love Bellingham. But mm-hmm. well, tell me about upbringing when you were growing up. We'll get into what you do now, but I like mm-hmm. to start out with you know what shaped you as a human being. Uh, did you grow up in a family that was concerned about environmental things? Did you not even think about it at all? Right. I would say uh, we spent a lot of time outdoors, a lot of time camping. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan, like a lot of, you know, you go back a generation or two, most people were farmers or have relatives on the farm or spend a lot of time on the farm. So very connected to nature. And um, yeah, I grew up in a say middle-class family and we had a camper and a group of friends we'd go camping with every weekend and water ski as a family and time on the water as a family and fishing trips and snowmobiling trips. So a lot of time outdoors in the forest on lakes. So that's, I think where my uh, initial respect for nature came from and then just seeing lessons i was telling the story of i remember when i was a teenager we were packing up camp and dad was picking up our garbage but he was also picking up everyone else's garbage and i said why are you picking up their garbage and he said well if i don't pick it up who's going to pick it up those types of like right that simple thing like take responsibility and you know pick up your garbage and other people's and all that stuff so early early lessons that were instilled in me as a child. That, that's the idea too, that one can be a lot. One person doing something to make a change yes. has a great effect on everyone. Mm-hmm. If everyone kept their own doorstep clean, it's not, is that Mother Teresa? The whole world would be clean, something like that. Oh, I don't know that one, yeah. Mother Teresa. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing somebody in the car ahead of you throw their cigarette butt out their window or their bag of McDonald's or whatever it yeah. is. All I can think of when I see those people is, is just like, my gosh, you, do you really not care at all? Right. I wonder how far that goes as far as respecting themselves and respecting others and respecting the environment. And yeah. yeah. It yeah. breaks my heart a little bit every time. For sure. Absolutely. Seeing someone litter like those feelings you get in your stomach. Uh, that's uh, part of the thing that led me on the path I'm on as well, but we can get into that later. Were you science-minded as a kid? You know, I've always very curious. Like, I remember, you know, I've uh, basically grew up in the, like, 80s and 90s. So there wasn't, when I get bored, we'd go out and, like, build a skateboard ramp or take apart something and try and figure it out. Like, a lot of times, just, or, like, long drives where you're just looking out the window and thinking and curious and, you know, just a lot of time to think. That's one thing. Um, we have a lot of wide open spaces on the prairies here and just that open mind like that. You know what I mean? That, uh, that, I don't know, I find that just the, the driving and thinking and time and quiet time. And so, yeah, science minded. I was always curious about how things worked and, uh, still am. So, and how can we make things better? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And were you a fastidious child? Uh, not very tidy. I wouldn't say, but I do like things tidy and neat, but I'm more, uh, ordered chaos. Yeah. Procrastinate, get it done at last minute kind of thing. That's Uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I am ordered chaos a hundred (laughs) percent. Yes. But I do love things neat and clean. It's weird. Like uh, it will get, I I really prefer things neat and and clean and tidy and minimalist kind of, but I can get cluttered at times for sure. Yeah. Where did, where'd you go to college? Where'd you go? I went to the university of Saskatchewan and Saskatoon here. So I studied, I have a bachelor's science in agriculture. So soil science and environmental science. And then I worked 
as an environmental consultant in Western Canada, cleaning up oil and gas sites for actually 18 years. So cleaning up other people's messes, basically. <laughs> that sounds depressing too. Yeah, there was a... I mean, it's good and bad. The Canadian oil and gas industry is probably cleaner than any industry in you know the world, I would say. But um, yeah, it's just... Uh, you know, you'd see a lot of these processing plants and how messy and just how messy and dirty it is. And then now you think about solar and how clean it is, but nothing's perfect. And I just think, um, I don't know, we always talk, I always think about how we just, we, as technology gets better, we apply it. Like we used to get oil from whales, right? And then we figured out how to drill into a mountain and get coal for energy. And then we have to drill into the ground and now figured out how to harness the sun. Like it's just that type of thinking. And the winds. And the wind and the waves and geothermal and everything. So it's, uh, I, I really like the idea of using technology to make things, you know, better or smarter. Yeah. And did you have an inkling of what your path would become or were you pretty focused on where you were in the moment? It's sometimes I'm, sometimes I say, I still don't know what I want to do, but it's getting closer. But, you know, I started out, went to university, got a job, started climbing the corporate ladder, thinking that I wanted to be CEO of this company and was climbing it, but just wasn't, it was, I was doing really well, uh, but just felt like there was something more. And I always wanted to start my own company, you know, create my own path and work on my dreams and that type of thing. So, but it was hard. The, the pull was hard. Like my dad worked for the same company for 40 years. It's part of that generation. So, and uh, there, I don't have too many friends who are entrepreneurs, other than, you know, farmers, I guess you could say are entrepreneurs, you know, but I mean, uh, that, so just the, the pull away was hard. So I did, uh, when I started the company, I did like Pila and Lomi on the side uh, for many, many years until it could be done full time. So those are your yeah. companies. Yes. You know, when you have a family and a mortgage and kids and like paying the bills and, you know, uh that's a it's really hard to make the jump but it's the yeah. scary thing to trust in yourself mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. believe that the universe or god if you're spiritual you know religious yes. or that something will catch you and that you'll be okay right and then you know looking back it's easy to see you know how things happen or events in your life where it's just even feeling sick about going into work like the Trusting your stomach, your gut, like your gut feeling about, you know, and uh, how strong those feelings can be until it finally, you know, you get the kick in the butt that you need to. And it's hard. It's not like there's anything against people that aren't successful. I think there's a bravery that comes with it all. But there is a, a brazen lunacy that is attached to people that just keep going where they're, you know, dragging themselves on the ground heading toward yeah. what they think is an oasis and then they find dry sand and they just keep going until they find that little drop of water and that's somehow right. yeah it's amazing that journey and what keeps you going and like that persistence and and you know you have this dream and then you just keep picking away at it picking away at it but there i've looked like it was you know 10 years before 10 years of picking away at it basically and working two jobs and one for free <laughs> before things started to pick up. And then, you know, you always wonder what kept me going. And uh, I don't know, you just believe. I, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And when you talk about <laughs> starting a business or working on something, it's just, um, uh, well, what keeps you going? You, you, you really have to, if you're doing something, I think you really have to believe in it and want and love doing it. 
because they talk about there are days when you aren't going to want to do it. And there are a lot of those days, but just keep going and going. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really interesting how. Yeah, you have to push through at all costs. It's, it is, mm-hmm. it's tricky and it takes the stamina it requires is, is not uh, inconsequential for sure. Right. The fact that you have children, did that push you on toward environmental heroism? <laughs> <laughs> uh I would say so. Like the, a big, uh, you know, we have a mission to create a waste-free future, which is a, but but why? It's to leave things better for future generations. I think that's what we can always do. And, you know, the big questions like, are we being good ancestors? You know, that type of thing. And how are we leaving the world better mm-hmm. um, than we found it? So, so kids certainly helped and the drive to just, um, you know, had a dream to start a company. So finally to show that if you dream in something and you start it and work hard at it and find the right partners and the right teammates and just keep being persistent and um, you know, that, that, that can be done. So hopefully inspire them to follow their own dreams a little bit. And it's my understanding that it started with a flip phone, that that's what sparked the idea for yeah, your phone case was the very first, uh, that was the idea, but seeing plastic on the beach, in Kauai with my son when he was a year and a half, like that, getting back to the gut feeling, that made me feel sick. Like who would litter on this beautiful beach? And why does my son have to dig in someone else's litter? And so looked into it and found out that it's from everyone, the Pacific gyre, the plastic in the oceans from all of us, right? And uh, just wanted to find a better solution for that. So came up with a material that was made with flax straw waste. We burn it on the prairies here. We grow it for the oil sea, but the the straw gets burned because it's so strong. And I remember as a boy, you know, talking about that with my dad and uh, if it's that strong, it must be good for something. And he's like, well, maybe when you get older, you can think about of something. So always in the back, those little seeds, like I said, looking back at the dots and uh, yeah, just having, giving people confidence and, you know, um, challenging people kind of thing. That's uh, yeah. So that started with the developed a material called flax stick. It's biodegradable compostable, needed a product and started uh, with phone cases to solve the problem that people keep their phone for two years, yet the case to protect it will last for hundreds or thousands of years and won't be recycled. It just seemed ridiculous, right? Over-engineered. Um, so yeah, that's what started with phone cases. It's interesting that something grown for a seed turned into the thing that was reflexive of the seed your father planted. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, then how did that get lifted off the ground? Because having a grand idea, especially Mm -hmm. one rooted in environmental causes, which I think is weirdly vilified by a lot of people, somehow wanting to protect and preserve this home we've been given is that there's something wrong with that. I get it that a lot of money is poured into the products that are the antithesis of protecting the environment. I understand the money part, but on a soul level, on a human level, it just seems weird that it's vilified so much. So how did you overcome those obstacles if you had them? Um, I think the hardest, I didn't really think about, well, I shouldn't say that. I often maybe think too much about what other people think, but for some reason, I just felt like I had to do this. Like I just, and it started in, like I finished university in 2000, worked as an environmental consultant from 2000 to 2018. But 2007 is when I was climbing the corporate ladder. I'm like, I just, the voices in my head and I started working on myself, like started reading and all the classic books and like, you know, the 
think and grow rich or as a man think like all those old timeless one or the greatness guide and i remember reading this this greatness guide and there's a quote in it something like hell on earth is being on your death pit bed and meeting the person who you could have become and I was just like, oh my, what am I waiting for? I got to start this company. So I started a company and I called it Open Mind Developments. And the idea was to look at things from with an open mind for a different view. It's from an old Metallica song. And then started looking for problems to solve to make things better. And that's kind of how it went from there and um, launched the very first Pila case in 2011. But um, yeah, I, 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 I know what motivates you. I don't know. It's just something that I always wanted to do and was sick of the voices in my head. So it finally started. So the hardest thing, I think, a lot of times is just getting started, right? And uh, the idea of uh, uh, to get to the top of the stairs, you don't have to see every stair. You just got to see the next one and the next one and the next one. And then having that dream and you kind of believe in it. But when you meet other people who believe in it and when it goes from I've got this to we've got this or other, you know, finding partners like, yeah, we can do that. That's not that crazy. I've seen it being, you know what I mean? Or I know so-and-so that did that. Like it just keeps building and building from there. And then you build out you know, like-minded team players who all help help each other in different ways. It's yeah, it's really yeah. amazing what can happen. So being an outlier, you find the other outliers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that saying of um, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. it's, really, it's pretty true. <laughs> it is. I believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where did it grow from there? What happened next? As you, as you saw that start to gain in its popularity and people start saying, oh, hey, this is kind of a good idea. Why are we not yeah. using just the cases that will biodegrade? It took a long time. So 2011, first product, you know, working on the basement, wife, kids, family members helping out. 2015 is, you know, working to vacations. Everything was Pila. I take time off. I'd work on Pila. And yeah, we should talk about motivators a little bit, but I, the, when, and looking back, it's easier to connect the dots looking back. But from, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> when, we, when we got back from Hawaii, when I saw the thing on the beach, we had our son, it was a year and a half. And we had our, right when we got back, we had our first of six miscarriages mm. and tried IV. So for five years, it was really, you know, tough at home. And when I look back, I actually buried myself in the work because I didn't yeah. want to deal with the pain at home. My <laughs> poor wife. Like, I mean, it was just like, and so when you look at what motivates you, sometimes the bad things motivate, not, you know what I mean? It's, it was more of a hiding thing and I didn't. So that's how I hid on focusing on me instead of who I should have been focusing on, like that type of thing. Um, anyway, in 2015, we got to the point where, you know, it went from five orders a day to 10 orders a day to 30 orders a day. And, it, you know, we're staying up handwriting notes till one or two in the morning and getting up at five and doing work and then going to work a full time, like all that on the classic story. And, uh, but my wife and I got to the point where like, geez, you know, what are we doing? We need, we need help. And I, so I started working with a coach and worked on my strengths and weaknesses and figured out that I knew how to make the product. I didn't really know how to market it. I didn't know how to scale it, but I had these big dreams for this company and uh, basically applied to an entrepreneur event. And it was a very highly curated event. And I happened to get in, got vulnerable. It was people who were really high values and successful entrepreneurs, but not no, there were no egos or, you know, assholes were not allowed there. They get kicked out kind of thing. So very high, highly curated and got in. And that's where I met my first partner, Matt. He's our CEO. He knew how to market the product. And Brad is our other partner. He happened to be there too. He's our chairman and he knew how to scale the product. So that's when the, you know, when it went from I've got this to we've got this. 
and just building it out from there. And then, you know, slowly picked away at it. In 2018, we really clarified our vision to create a waste-free future and eliminate. First, we started with a billion pounds of waste based on plastic waste, but we've recently changed it to 10 billion pounds of waste. So how do we reduce plastic waste, food waste, packaging waste, waste of energy, waste of uh, carbon? Like we can apply it to so many things. So once we had that North Star clarified, that's when things really started to grow. And then you find other like-minded team members who are all rowing in the same direction. And yeah. Well, firstly, I want to put out that I'm sorry for those many losses. That's a lot for any people to endure, any family to endure. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's been a while now, but the big thing, it's, you know, the story you tell yourself, right? Like that's, we told ourselves, this is hard and we're in a kind of stronger. A lot of couples don't make it through that. Probably half don't, right? Like it's, so, and it's just same with everything in business and, you know, the COVID or whatever, uh, recession, like we just tell ourselves, this is going to make us stronger. We're going to come out better. Like that, that mindset, I think is really key in life and in business. And how many children do you have now? We have two. So we have, uh, our, our son is 15 now. It's bigger than dad, which is really cool to see. And uh, our daughter is nine. So yeah, oh, lovely. Both doing great. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Uh, when you decided to take this bigger scale, was the government, was your government helpful? Were there grants and things to turn to? You know, early on, there were grants, like really early on, because I was trying to find a new, another use for an agricultural product. So I'd get some, you know, marketing dollars and like uh, help set up a website money for that and, um, some, you know, R&D type of investment. Um, yeah, the, and we've had some help over the years through a little bit of R&D, but it's mostly government, it, you know, it is, can be really helpful, but they can also take a long time too. And we we like to move fast and uh, and that type of thing. So we try and do it. We try and do that as much as possible, but certainly it can change the, um, oh, like the, the macroeconomics or the environment, like just it, it, like, for example, like in California where, you know, they have a new bylaw that 75% of all organics have to be diverted from landfill by 20, 2025. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, that really helps to drive people to, oh, we better figure out a better way to handle our organic waste and you know that type of thing so it is interesting because i know that many people get upset about restrictions that are placed by the government agencies but i do to your point think that it creates genius it it stimulates the need for okay we have to figure this out whether complacency will kill your brain right i heard a good analogy about that from, I don't know if you've ever played hockey or any sport. If I've watched hockey. Of, like yeah. Hockey. Okay. So if you try and play hockey on a lake, that's all with no boards, it doesn't work. You can just keep skating and skating, you know, or, or whatever, or basketball with a, or, you know, you need those that makes you better. It makes you, you have, you need those boundaries sometimes. So that's just a different way of, of thinking of it. And we also look at it as um, the opportunities in the obstacle. The bigger the obstacle, the bigger the opportunity. I love that. Yeah. So that's how we kind of look at everything that makes us be better. Like yeah. the story you tell yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Was it hard for a, for a person like you who sounds like they, like you, your ideas were uh, insular to you 
to then reach out and take on new partners? I know you went to the event with the yeah. hope of getting information at least, yes. but was that a hard transition to let, I know for myself, oh, yeah. type, type A a bit, you know, oh, I like, yeah. I'm like, if I want this done right, I have to do it. And I have friends yes. that are the same way. How do you break through that? Yeah, it was hard, really hard, like trusting your baby almost, so to speak, right? Like with other people, but then, you know, just a lot of working with different coaches and talking about different people and advice and, you know, trust is the number one thing in everything. So can you trust these people? And then, and then realizing that this mission and this goal is bigger than all of us, my partners. And I mean, we hope we're creating something that'll just keep going, going, going like the infinite game, you know, mindset, like it just keeps going. So um, when, when you get past that and past your ego and, you know, um, as you, we also believe as, as you know, you chip away at becoming the David underneath, like, what am I not to get to who am I and what's important to me? And as you become a better person, I think it just helps you be better. You know, you show up better in the community, you show up better at work, you show up better as a husband, as a father. So a lot of that self-work, you know, kind of all happened at the same time, but well, did it happen at the same time? I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, one led to the other kind of thing. So I think it's really knowing yourself and what do I like doing and um, yeah, being honest with yourself and what skills do you bring to the table and, and that type of thing. So, yeah. When you talk about becoming a better person, do you mean that you realize your worth or that you are, and I always feel like this stuff comes down to self-love that, as you said, when you were going through all that trauma with your family, you buried yourself in work and you just now said, uh, you know, I did, I focused on myself and I was doing my work, but I would argue that you weren't focusing on yourself at all. You were focusing outside of yourself so that you didn't have to think about anything going on. And so that becoming better is really returning to one's truth with a capital T. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not like a, it's not like a better or worse in the terms that we usually think about it, but it's more grounded. It's more understanding that you're worthy, that you deserve to be here and that you have something to say. Yes. And that's a tricky thing to find oh, yes. in oneself. I, and I don't know if you ever do. I, I don't know. To me, I always think it's like continually learning and your life, your, you know, it's your time of your life. It changes where you are at, at the time of your life and the different seasons of life, but and we forget, <laughs> and we forget, we remember, and then we forget, and then we have to yeah. remember all over again. And yeah, like I think you know, journaling helps a lot. But even like thinking about what does the ideal day look like for you, and that changes probably throughout someone's lifetime. But it's kind of in the range. And mm -hmm. am I getting closer to that, or am I getting farther away from that? Like that. That's kind of I've, I've found to be a good way to anchor. But it's a it's a, it's a lifelong learning, right? I think we've ever. Oh, I think once you think you've arrived, you're you're in trouble, <laughs> kind of thing. And For like sure. uh, I, I heard a good saying the other day. It's it's something like those who enjoy walking more than the destination will walk farther. It's kind of like the you know. It's the, Ithaca. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it, the the poem Ithaca is okay. really great, and it's all about. That yes, we have this idea of where we're headed, that the goal, there is a goal in mind. But it, once we get there, we realize that it wasn't about 
the destination at all. It was the process, the journey along the way, all the things we experienced, everything we saw, all the pitfalls, all the triumphs. That was the thing. And that was the thing all along. Yes. Who do we become all along or who do we need to become? And yeah. Yeah. I reread The Alchemist every year and it reminds me of that. I haven't read that in a while, but I have strong memories of our daughter, like, you know, wasn't the greatest sleeper. So like literally, you know, from two to five in the morning, holding her and listening to The Alchemist and like, I just, yeah. And walking with her. I mean, yeah. Create your own personal legend, right? Yeah. I, and I, again, I too forget sometimes. And so I find that when I listen to the, I, Jeremy Irons does the audible, which is awesome. Okay. And I just, I re-listen to it every single year and it reminds me. Yes. Yeah. Good reminders for sure. Yeah. Well, what's coming next? What is on the, what's on the goalposts now? <laughs> Even though the goalpost moves all the time. <laughs> Uh, you know, person. I mean, personally, or for uh, sure, for personally, or for the company. I think personally, it's more about uh, actually a book I just finished reading last week. It's six types of working genius, uh, which is really neat. It's just another, uh, you know, uh, like personality type, like a disc assessment or a strength finder. But it seems to be really, really clear. And just you know, everyone has two really strong geniuses. And two that you can kind of do, and two that you really get frustrated with, and just becoming more and more clear on that. And um, so, yeah, I just uh, and getting back to your your ideal day or your perfect day, and what are you spending your time on? So, just trying to really focus on. And how do you, you know, when you're in that zone doing what you love, the way you show up in the world? I mean, it's just that energy that you create. Like that's what you should be doing. You know, the majority of your hours. So just trying to, you know, figure out how to focus more on that. And um, yeah. And as a company, we were just are, we've set our goal to eliminate 10 billion pounds of waste and we want to do that by 2028. So how can we get there? And it's, you know, getting so many of these products out into the universe and, and uh, into homes and, and creating a whole, just educate and inspire around that and how we need to keep food waste out of the landfill. We got to get back into the soil as, nature intended it so um how can we do that how can we use technology to make that as easy as possible it's part of your mission also uh encouraging young people who are coming up do you have a a, yeah okay yeah we have a uh, learn with lomi program it's called so we donate lomis to schools to get kids uh learning about it so i think last year we got into i want to say 100 schools in new york city is that the name of the actual yeah, the product's called Lomi. So we have two things. Pila is our phone case, our compostable phone case, and Lomi is our smart waste appliance. So the Lomi takes compostable phone cases or compostable products, our compostable phone case and other compostables and breaks them down. So they end their life as compost. They don't end up in the landfill. And then and Lomi takes, yeah, the food waste and compostable plastic products. So love it. Yeah. You know, even with our phone case, like the ripple effect and uh showing what's possible and inspiring people like our phone case you can really see it has a lot of like pieces of flax in it so when you set it down on the table hopefully it starts a conversation and like hey there is a more sustainable way to make this product and and uh, you know just that that type of thing and same with we just really for us to create a waste-free future everyone every company every we, we all have to change and shift to more sustainable practices so um we're not we don't 
we need to partner with people. We have to partner with communities. Everyone has to be on board. And I think it's the one thing that we all have in common in this world. You know what I mean? Set everything else aside. The world, we need to live on this planet. And it's not looking good right now. So we got to, you know, get together and figure this out. Absolutely. What does your perfect day look like? Ah, perfect day is, you know, get up in the morning and have some Jeremy time, journal, meditate, sauna, you know, exercise a little bit, uh, have breakfast with my wife and the kids, and then have a couple of hours of, you know, deep work focus time and go for a walk with my wife at lunchtime, get outside. And then the afternoon is maybe a little more work and just, uh, yeah, be home with the kids when they get home from school and do family stuff. That's pretty, pretty close. And, you know, just being able to create and think of new ideas and, and invent new things and, you know, work with great people and like-minded people with similar values. Yeah. yeah. Sauna's rock. <laughs> yes. Try to do more and more of it. As I get older, it's like, you know, how to, uh, how can we stay in the game as long as possible as a human being too, right? Like, uh, so what, and the importance of exercise and, and when yeah. you exercise and feel good, you act you're like, yeah, it gets back to you perform better and show up better and brighten people's day more. And yeah, I was actually really struck by your, um, your intro about the grocery store day. Yes. And the little things that we always, we often talk about the little things or the big things, but like, you know, when you catch that look of someone in the eye and like just that little, those are power, that's powerful stuff. It's almost like you're peeking into some kind of universal, you know what I mean? I don't know, but like, it's so. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly felt like that. I, mm -hmm. I knew in my heart of hearts that those two interactions were some of the most important of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Because I had forgotten and it was a reminder. It's that thing. It's like, we're constantly the problem with how noisy the world can be and how out of touch with ourselves sometimes we can get is that we do miss these signs. Yes. We do miss these little whispers on the wind. Mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. they beat you in the head. Sometimes they beat you in the head about right. it, but I don't think they do a lot of times. Yeah. They're, they're there if you pay attention, but it's hard to pay attention, but that being still or out in nature or um, yeah. Have you, uh, I just made me think of Rick Rubin. Yeah, the producer. Yeah, the producer. Yeah. So he's Phenomenal. really, yeah. I, had, I can't remember what turned him on. I want to say it was Tim Ferriss or some pot, but just like him being present and in the moment and like how he uh, navigates his life based on that. I've never, I mean, I imagine that's what monks do or, you know what I mean? That type of thing. But he was, I was just really impressed with how he really, senses everything and is present and that's what guides them when when producing a, an album or living his life is the yes. right but yeah. everybody that i know that has interacted with rick rubin says the same thing that he is a monk or that he is a zen master yeah yeah it's amazing so neat good great examples for all of us yeah we know we can uh we can work toward uh tell people how they can find you yeah, well, uh, you know, it's Pila.earth, you know, Pila cases and uh, Lomi, Lomi.com. That's and then uh, me, I'm not too big on the social stuff, but I'm on LinkedIn and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot, but uh, I'll put yeah. links to the company uh, product to the products and things on HeyHumanPodcast.com. There's a epic link page awesome. on, my, on my website for every guest. So. That's great. Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited. I, I'm glad you're on the planet. I'm glad that your dad gave you that seed and you're growing it. It's yes, exciting. Thank you. It is exciting. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm uh, happy to be here. And, and uh, yeah, it's amazing what you're doing. Keep up oh. the awesome work. It's great. Thank you. Well, Thank talking you. about persistence, right? How many episodes do you have now? Uh, this week, I think, is 346. That's amazing. I think. Uh, so it's ad free. So it's it's not a, and I don't, I, I put money into it. I pay every month to wow. make this thing work. I do yes. all the work myself. I mean, I produce it. I edit it. I wow. find the guests. I book, you know, I do everything. Yes. And it is a lot of work. It's a labor of love. But I believe it's important work. As much as I would love to have people, you know, donate more or or somebody come along and underwrite the whole show, which would be great. I still don't want to do ads because it feels like that would take mm -hmm. away from the point. But if that never happens, I'm still okay because I feel like it's important to show humans and their lives and what they believe in and what what shaped them, good or bad, you know, whatever yeah. whatever it is, because I think it's the only way uh we can survive yeah connect what's the ripple effect of that so yeah that's that's the work the work it's not like we can't dream big and hope that somehow Absolutely. somewhere something good will Absolutely. come up for sure like yeah. we're believers in business as a force of good yeah like, i think it's important yeah i think it's probably the thing that's going to change the world in the right direction if every business was looked at as a force of good and did good in the world right yeah. and it's a vehicle for change or a vehicle for supporting nonprofits or or uh creating a whole new way of doing things more sustainable like that type of thing it's all good it's all good <laughs> yeah jeremy thank you so much this has been really a great conversation i appreciate it and again thank you for for being a force for good in the world i I think Thank that's you. wonderful too. Thank yeah. you. That means a lot to me. And uh, right back at you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Thank right. you. See you later. Take Bye. Care. See ya. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.